TalkZone.com. Now, TalkZone presents Two Guys and a Mic, your mid-morning break sports talk show. It's a passionate yet lighthearted look at the world of sports, featuring the coach, John Cohn, and the big dog, Joel Radwanski. They'll recap the games from yesterday, look ahead to the matchups tonight, and cover a lot more in between. Now, Two Guys and a Mic on TalkZone.com. And welcome to the uh, Tuesday version of Two Guys at a Mic here at thetalkzone.com. Thanks for joining us, everybody. One hour of fun and games. Well, at least one out of two. That's what we do every day here from 10 to 11 o'clock. It is the coach, John Cohn, with you today. Of course, my uh, regular co-host, the big dog, Joel Radwanski, checking in. Apparently, today, Joel, you are not at your palatial estates in Aurora, and I am uh, understanding from our assistant, to the assistant, to the assistant producer, who we like to call, by the way, the ass to the ass, uh, that you are out and about. You are, in fact, bicycling while co-hosting this show. Is that correct? Yeah, uh, believe it or not, Coach, I was supposed to have been given a ride. I was supposed to be at Wrigley Field right now, casually doing the show. Well, things fell through, so I had to take the train, and now I'm riding my bike to be on my television show. So I have to do the show while I ride up Halstead right now. And I got to be quite honest with you, I'm getting a lot of funny looks from people. Yeah, uh, be careful. Be careful. If it's a choice between co-hosting today's show and getting in an accident and, God forbid, losing seven teeth, uh, I'd rather have you, you know, you know, be safe today, maybe call back tomorrow. You sure you're okay doing the show? Yeah, I think I'd be all right, as long as uh, the sound isn't too bad. The problem is I'm going to the exact same speed as traffic, and I'm stuck next to a garbage truck right now. Not good. Not good at all. It's not where you, are you in back of the garbage truck on the side of the garbage truck. Maybe you could hitchhike a ride from the garbage truck. Well, no, the the garbage truck just stopped at the light and I went through it, so I'm I'm ahead of the garbage truck right now, coach. You went right through the garbage truck or through the light? Through the light. Ah, all right. Now let me ask you: if you do take a spill and you get four front teeth knocked out, three bottom teeth, if you like Chicago Blackhawks star Duncan Keith, if you lose seven teeth. Are you uh, going to go to a local hospital, get shot up, and come back and do the last half hour of the show? Uh, Coach, absolutely. I would if I had health insurance, but I don't have that right now. So, Not a problem. They'll stick a needle in you even if you don't have health insurance, and they'll bill you later. It's the American way. <laughs> uh, seriously, be careful out there. He's bicycling. This is Sports Talk Radio at its finest, folks. Via the webcast, you can see us here in our beautiful studios. And by the way, these are beautiful studios. You're big dog. we got a we got to get you down here because uh, it's air-conditioned, it's clean, something I'm not used to. If you've been to many radio stations, and uh, there's a lot of great things about radio stations, Joel. Is it safe to say cleanliness would not be in the top ten? I would have to definitely agree with that. That is definitely uh-huh. not one of the major uh, <laughs> attributes of most radio stations, especially when we went, which was a, a multicultural radio station. Yes. So it seemed like there was like a lot of baklava all over the place. <laughs> Not even sure what baklava is, but I think I can recall the smell. Uh, but this place is spick and span. It is incredibly clean. I don't know who our cleaning department is, but they do a tremendous job. The, I don't know about the shows here on the Talk Zone. Hopefully they're good, but uh, if nothing else, we have an outstanding studio. Big Dog can leave. we got to get you down here. Maybe you can bicycle down to our studios. Uh, well, possibly one day I'll be able to do that, Coach. But mm-hmm. I think I want to actually bicycle home from Wrigley Field to Aurora today. That's a that that's a hike. What's yeah, the? It's about forty-five miles. All right, I was gonna say. So, what will that take you? About like an hour and a half. 
No, I'm thinking it's going to take me about three and a half, four hours is what it's going really? to take me. Wow. Wow. Well, you're saving money on uh, joining a health fitness center, that's for sure. Well, uh, I'm trying to stay in shape, Coach. Mm-hmm. Uh, bicycling for three or four hours uh, from Wrigley Field back to Aurora, that's a good way of doing that. Now, I understand your transportation broke down. It's a painful moment for you in the heat of uh, a Chicago morning here. and It is a hot day here in the fine city of Chicago, but uh, you are going to a destination, Big Dog. That many yes, of us, that many of us would like to be heading to today, Wrigley Field. Explain it, por favor, what you're doing down there. Let's talk after that a little bit about Cubs Dodgers because I'm kind of excited about this upcoming series. Uh, it should be excited because the Cubs are starting to play a little bit better baseball, and basically what that means is they're getting relief pitching and they're starting to hit in the clutch a little bit, and that's basically what good baseball means. But uh, right now. I'm going to uh, a film in a black and blue city. Okay. We start filming at 11. And the, my whole day was thrown off, Coach. you got to be careful when a woman tells you she's going to give you a ride. She's probably lying to you. So your expected ride did not show you're going to blame it on a woman. I think guys could do that, too. I think that's uh, – I don't know if I'm going to get that sexist and say it's just a woman, but then again, you've had much more experience in that matter. So the female, a little less dependent – well, getting blown up by a woman, you're right. I have much, much, much experience with that. <laughs> oh, goodness. You did an impressive job, though. I don't hear any huffing and puffing. You don't sound like you're out of breath. You're just cruising along. This is Breakthrough Sports Talk Radio here, folks. It's the coach and the big dog, the first sports host ever to do a one-hour show while bicycling to another engagement. That's outstanding. We might be breaking new ground here. Joe, if it works out good, you might bicycle every show. By the way, I got on air at the Vision. I've been going up Halstead the whole entire time, and I just passed uh, diversity right now. So I'm I'm hauling, Coach. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. And of course, many of our uh, folks in the non-Chicago listening area not aware, but the big dog making his way down to Wrigley Field via the bicycle. We'll be talking uh, sports and more for the next uh, 52 minutes or sooner than that if David Olson, our producer, decides to kick us off the air earlier than that. Our phone number if you want to check in and maybe pass along some good wishes to the big dog as he makes the long trek to Wrigley Field, 888-463-6748. we got the NBA playoffs to talk about. We finally know who the Blackhawks are going to be playing. And as the uh, heat of the summer picks up a little bit, we'll definitely talk some baseball, kind of a different part of the baseball season about ready to kick in. The start is over, and it's meat and potatoes time. So lots to get to, Big Dog and the coach. And um, Big Dog, we, we did, first of all, we should mention the Philadelphia Flyers won last night, so uh, hockey's on everybody's mind here at Chicago. We now know who they're playing, and we now know when that first game will be. Yeah, I guess I was wrong yesterday. I predicted uh, the Montreal Canadiens was going to win three in a row. Yep. But uh, unfortunately, I was wrong, so the Hawks won't be able to get uh, revenge from all the years of, uh, of the Canadians beating them mm-hmm. by hammering in this particular final. They'll just have to beat the Flyers. Yeah, on the other hand, and you're right, it would be kind of cool, an original six, the great tradition of the Montreal Canadiens. On the other hand, the way the Flyers are playing, the way the Blackhawks are playing, this has the potential. I'm not going to say they're the two best teams to ever be in the Stanley Cup, far from it, but it has the potential, Big Dog, I think of being one of the more exciting Stanley Cup finals in recent memory. Uh, well, considering that the Blackhawks are in it, yes. I would definitely agree with that. Well, I'm, I'm a, even if you're not a Blackhawk fan, and the Blackhawks, and I know we're not real objective here in Chicago, but again, I'm not going to say they're one of the great teams in the last 20 years, but from an excitement level, they're pretty fun to watch, as are the Philadelphia Flyers. So from an entertainment value, I think it's going to be a great series. 
You know what, Coach? I think you're going to look back uh, about five, ten years from now, and you're going to disagree with that statement. The Blackhawks have a chance of being one of the great teams ever in the history of the game. Really? I'm not saying this particular team. Are... I'm talking about the fact that they are the youngest team in hockey, and they have a chance to win the Stanley Cup. And there isn't six teams anymore. There's 30 teams. And if you're the youngest team out of out of 30, and, you have a, and you're going to win the Cup, that's pretty good. Yeah, but I, I still I agree with all the latter statement. It's the initial statement that took me for a uh, a bit of a drive downtown there. That they, uh, as good as they are, as exciting as they are, you still can't match them up with some of the great teams. Uh, certainly not this year's team, right? Uh, well, yeah, I, I would I'll, I'll agree with that. But my point is, in a couple of years, okay, when you see how good Bufflin is and Taves is and Kane, okay. you know they just don't have the household names because. They're young. All right, so you're talking you're talking about potential down the road. This team, we know they're going to lose a couple of players, hopefully not more than a couple. There is the potential they could be on the start of something uh, that would get into that hockey dynasty category. That's a long way down the road, I think, right now here in Chicago. 1961, Big Dub, that's a long time, about as long as it's going to take you to draw a bicycle from Wrigley Field to Aurora. But uh, I think right now the concentration is on finally winning a Stanley Cup here in Chicago. Oh, please, oh, that's, that's why they are going to be considered a great team. Coaches, they've got leaders. They got, I mean, they didn't even celebrate when, uh, when they won on Sunday. They kind of shook their head, they smiled, and, and they skated off the ice. I mm-hmm. mean, this is a team that realizes they have more important things in store. Yeah, it was a mature celebration for a young team in particular. A lot of people noticed that. A lot of the experts talking about that, and hopefully that'll be a good sign. On the other hand, Big Doe, you know momentum can be a big factor in sports and whatever sport we're talking about. And there is very few teams in recent memory that have gotten on a better role that have more momentum than this Philadelphia Flyers team. I mean, they, they, are, they are just rocking uh, ever since they – I guess when, you're, when you have a near-death experience, does it make you that much stronger? That seems to be the way the Flyers are playing now. They're not afraid yeah, of anything. And you're not talking about the fact they were down 0-3 to, to Boston and came back. You're talking about the fact – they had to sneak into the playoffs on the last game of the season. That's the near-death experience that I, I assume you're talking about. They've had a couple this playoff series. Yeah, I was going to say, I don't know that I can pick out one. And you could even go one step. They really had three near-death experiences. The last regular season game when they barely squeezed in, down 3-0 to Boston. Then in game seven against Boston, they were down 3 to nothing in that game at Boston. So, uh... You know, Cats got nine lives. Do the Philadelphia Flyers have four lives? They've died three times already. Yeah, and uh, that's why I'm not looking past them as a Blackhawk fan because Philadelphia has absolutely nothing to lose, and everybody is predicting the Blackhawks, and I hate that. So, and I'm mm-hmm. sure Philadelphia doesn't have any problem with them being uh, predicted to get swept and, and just annihilated by the Hawks. Philadelphia Flyer fans are also a uh, interesting commodity. They're very passionate. They can be somewhat annoying, but there's great tradition in Flyer hockey. Uh, David Olson, by the way, our producer today, who Madden wouldn't know a hockey puck from a soccer ball, but he's still rooting for the Blackhawks. But uh, I don't know if you watched or not, Big Dog, but uh, there were at least a couple of signs. In Philadelphia yesterday in the third period, bring on the Hawks, D.A., Bring on the Hawks. So the Flyers, uh, they'll be pumped up in their home games. Well, I mean, they should be. How often do you get a finals in your in your hometown? So whether it would have been Philadelphia or Carolina or Atlanta, people would have been fired up for a coach. Mm-hmm. Uh, you get any? Uh, you get any looks from females out there? You get any uh, people following you now? Have you picked up a 
a fan base. And again, though, this is a unique sports talk radio here. The big dog is bicycling through the streets of the northern part of Chicago, headed to Wrigley Field while co-hosting the show. Are any females following you? Or have you at least gotten a few looks, big dog? Well, uh, speaking of that, I'm, I'm driving up Halstead and reminding of, uh, of Philadelphia. It's very much like Rocky Balboa. <laughs> the problem is this is a female. A lot of people with rainbow flags hollering at me. Coach. <laughs> I'm a little uncomfortable. And oh. they are following me. Oh, I remember last year uh, we, we had an open Sunday. We were looking for a... Just a good Chicago festival. It was a nice, warm summer day. So we went, uh, David Olson, I don't know if you've ever been to the Chicago Fest, went to Halstead Fest and took my 13-year-old son down there, thought it would be, you know, I heard great things about it, Halstead Street, Street Festival. And um, we talked about this on our radio show, Big Doug. It was a eye-opening experience to me, the wife, and definitely my 13-year-old. As um, It definitely was a celebration of the gay community. And very few people can celebrate like the gay community, Big Doug. That's the nicest way I can put it. Uh, Coach, that's the only way you can put it. I mean, they know how to party. Okay. <laughs> I mean, it was, it was, uh, we, we walked to one end. I wanted to stay there for like a long time. My wife says, I got to, you know, got to get the kid out of here. So I stayed and went another up and down. It was serious. I'm not criticizing. It was tremendously entertaining. Dave, I don't know if you've yeah, ever no, you're talking it. about the Halstead Street Market days is Thank what you. it's called. That's yeah. what no, it's called. I used to, uh, my, Second apartment downtown was at Clark and Buckingham, yep. which was a block away from the fairgrounds, so, <laughs> yeah. right off of Halstead. So. For people watching, if nothing else. Oh, absolutely. Pure absolutely. entertainment. Yeah. Pure entertainment. And as the day wears later, as the beers start going down a little bit, uh, as you you summed it up, Big Dog, very few people can party like the gay community. Yeah. Uh, my favorite T-shirt at that particular parade is, I'm not gay, but my boyfriend is. <laughs> Uh, 888-463-6748 so you're going down halstead street right now are you wearing uh you going with the bicycle uh the bicycle pants you going with a little lycra we know your calf muscles are on Saturday. you show a little calf uh, no coach i'm i'm in the khaki shorts okay oh, I, I, if i knew i was going down this particular street i would have had the lycra tights on yeah I you want, the khaki shorts aren't going to do much for the look male female or ambidextrous <laughs> <laughs> oh, beautiful! But you'll be doing the show at Wrigley Field. Where are you going to be doing it? From the top of the, uh, uh, at, the at the Skybox on Sheffield, and uh, it's it's awful cool. As a matter of fact, I'm there right now. I'm rolling up, so I have to cool. find a place to park my bike. So right. I made it safely, Coach. So you don't have to have it on your conscience that I was splattered all over Halstead Street. We have arrived. We have arrived. We have land down for Big Dog Joe Redwanski at the Skybox. Oh, I thought you were going to be in a Skybox. In yeah, Wrigley, yeah, exactly. In Wrigley Field, but you're at no, a no, bar. No, the skybox at Wrigley. It's, okay. um, it's a bar across the street from Wrigley Field called the Skybox. Ah. And it's uh, basically for $150, you can sit on top of this building and watch the games and get unlimited food and drink during the game. If and you all are... I can tell you is, uh, I know how to get into the bar. And, you know, so when, the, when we're done filming about, about 12, 15, 12, 30, uh-huh. Uh, I'm either going to ride back to Aurora or I'll be taking a cab back to Aurora. I'm not exactly sure, but you can do the math about what's going to be do my decision, Coach. Or maybe you could find a ride. you got a little time to work the crowd, so to speak. You might be able to find yourself a ride back to Aurora. <laughs> Believe it or not, Coach, I've done that before. You might be able to find yourself a ride when you're, when you're in Aurora, too. Two rides for the price of one. Uh, today, though, not a great day to be on top of a building watching the game. If you're on the top of the building 
watching the game, you will uh, basically fry, I would think. Well, luckily it's a night game. <laughs> Cubs play at 7.05 tonight. Uh, Clayton Kershaw versus Ryan Dempster, yeah. I do believe, uh, throwing for the Chicago Cubs. Pretty good matchup. By the way, Ronnie Santo, tell the uh, Chicago Cubs fan, this is a pretty good series. I'm looking forward to this one. Dodgers uh, at Wrigley Field. The Cardinals follow big games coming up, six big games for the Cubs. Tell the uh, fans out there a little bit about L.A. Dodger pitcher Clayton Kershaw. Well, uh, he likes to work quick, quickly, keep the ball down in the zone, and keep the pitchers off, keep the hitters off balance with off-speed pitches. Uh, does he like to get ahead in the count? He loves to work ahead in the count, Coach. <laughs> it's the same thing you said for the last 12 pitchers that we've asked you about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, actually, uh, you know, this guy has had gigantic expectations for him. They've they compared him to Sandy Koufax. Okay, and uh, usually, you know, when you compare somebody like Sandy Koufax, or Michael Jordan, that's putting way too much on a gigantic curveball. He's a two-pitch pitcher, Coach, and he's he's awfully good. Dodgers started the season um, not very well, but Joe Torre turned him around. They had a recent, what, eight, nine-game winning streak, so playing much better baseball. They're in the thick of that National League West race. We talked about that, Big Dog. That's a pretty good uh, pretty good division that figures to be contested all the way to the end, does it not? Oh, absolutely. Uh, you know what? Uh, you, you know the Giants and the, and the Dodgers are going to battle for it because they've got a lot of – they've got some pretty good uh, players on those teams. But uh, the thing that's going to surprise everybody is if San Diego can stay involved in this race, Coach, because, you know, they've got some pretty decent starting pitching. So if they continue to hit like they have, mm-hmm. you know, who knows? Maybe they they have a shot to actually contend in, in the National League West. And Colorado, you know, they 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 have a way the last five, six, seven, eight years. They just hang in there. They're kind of annoying. They're almost like the girlfriend that you broke up with, and then things are rough, and they come on back in the picture, and then you – Break up with her again, and then you, you know, things get a little dry again. And she's back in the picture again. The Rockies won't go away. They could be a fourth factor in that race. You know, absolutely. Every single year, Colorado ends up getting hot. And yep. you know, they've they've basically had more managers fired and other managers win uh, manager year in the same year than any team I think in the history of baseball. Because they, it, I mean, it's happened the last couple of years where. They were hoard at the beginning yeah. and then got hot and uh, started winning games near the end. It's a successful formula. You fire your manager <laughs> about 20 games in and you get a big bump. Who was it? Clint Hurdle, right? Who took over a ball club? Am I getting the name wrong? Yeah, yeah. He took over for Jim Tracy a couple years ago. Yeah. By the way, Jim Tracy is the uh, manager of the Dodgers now. And they got and out then, of uh, last year, uh, Hurdle gets fired and I forgot who took over. And, uh, and, the, and then they end up making the playoffs last year. Mm-hmm. Wait, Jim Tracy's not managing the Dodgers now, is he? It isn't Jim Tracy right now? I thought it was Joe Torre. Oh, that's right. That Joe Torre took over for the fire Jim Tracy. And Jim Tracy took over for the fire, I think it was Chad Tracy. Chad Tracy took over for Tommy Lasorda. Tommy Lasorda took over for Walt Alston. If you go back, everything's connected to Kevin Bacon. You know that. Yeah, Walter Alston, I believe, is involved somewhere. But Chad Tracy's actually uh, the failed pinch hitter for the Chicago Cubs coach. Say that again. Chad Tracy is the failed pinch hitter for the Chicago Cubs, who is now tearing up the Pacific Coast League. Yeah, I was going to say, he may not be so failed. The initial stages didn't work out so well, but uh, he's ripping the ball down at AAA. He may be a uh, call-up. I was aware Chad Tracy was not actually a manager of the Dodgers. I was trying to get the whole roots of the whole tree down to Walt Alston, and somehow Walter Alston, I think, procreated with Kevin Bacon, and that's how the whole six degrees of Kevin Bacon started. You can keep that six degrees away from me. I don't know. <laughs> I'm eating an apple. The citrus of the apple is combining with the caffeine in my coffee, and I'm having weird thoughts right now, big dog. 
But no um, wonder why Tommy Lasorda bled Dodger blue. That pretty much explains it. Was he the love child of those two people? <laughs> I certainly hope not. All right, eight 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 four six three six seven four eight. If you want to check in, the big dog has landed. Uh, do you got to go in and go to work now, or can you stay with us, dog? No, I, I can stay with you now because I don't have to worry about getting run over by a car anymore. <laughs> that is, uh, whenever we write the conclusion of this show, it might be in a year, hopefully about ten years down the road. We will always. That'll be one of our more favorable memories when the big dog co-hosted the show while bicycling his way through the streets of Chicago, practically in the middle of rush hour. That, my friend, is above the call of duty. We, on behalf of all the listeners, we thank you for that effort, big dog. Well, you know, to, to make things even a little bit more quirky, when I was coming here, I was like, oh, no, I forgot the phone, so Coach is going to think I'm doing the show and blah, 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 and I won't be able to do it because I had every intention to do it on my bike. And then next thing I know, you called about 940 and you hung up. But luckily, when you called, I realized I had my phone stuffed in a secret compartment <laughs> of my duffel bag. Uh-huh. So I was like, hey, I could do the show. So believe it or not, Coach, <laughs> you calling and hanging up real quick like a like a, a scorned lover. Uh, <laughs> I let it ring seven times, eight times. I thought maybe you were sleeping. I wanted to give you your beauty rest. Oh, well, Coach, you should know I wake up at 7 o'clock yeah. every single morning. Right. And don't knock scorned mothers. I'm a big fan of scorned mothers. Some scorned of my lovers. Some of my best experiences as a young youth was with scorned mothers. All right. We taking a break? Yes, we are. David Olson says to take a break. Uh, during the break, Big Dog, I highly recommend talcum powder after a long bike ride. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Back in a minute, we'll talk some baseball NBA finals. And Hawks win! Hawks win! Hawks win! are open for your calls on two guys and a mic call 888 go for it once again here's the coach john cone and the big dog joel radwanski on talkzone.com yeah we do welcome you back we keep throwing out the phone number out there want to uh, mention to the folks you can uh, contact us via email as well questions comments positive negative or any in the vast in between and you can email us at mike Two guys at AOL.com. That's M-I-C, short for microphone, clever, clever. Uh, and the number two, don't spell out two. So it's Mike, two guys, AOL.com. Any comments, if you want to uh, pass some good wishes on to the big dog, you can do that. Of course, you can always reach us by phone, 888-463-6748. The big dog during the break, emailer, Yo Mama Mia. Yo Mama Mia wants to know, uh, he knows that you are a global warming enthusiast, an environmental guy. Uh, Yo Mama Mia wants to know your thoughts on the BP oil spill. Any, we haven't talked about that much, and I know that's a, somewhat of an area of your expertise. Well, you know, it, it's pretty disappointing, Coach, because I'm not against uh, drilling for oil. I'm not against 
uh, petroleum. As a matter of fact, I want the U.S. to open up more. Uh, I want them to drill more, so basically to bleed out everybody that, like the Venezuelans and the, the Saudi Ravens who have oil as we train, as we actually move towards a non-petroleum-based energy. It's just, come on, get your act together, guys, really. Why should the government have to come in there and clean it up? Mm-hmm. So it's pretty disappointing. Well, it's, it's a pretty sounds pretty basic is get your act together. I mean, are you you think there's actually things BP could be doing, and are you implying and others implying that from a cost-saving standpoint, maybe they're not doing all that they can do to uh, shut down the well or at least slow the, the flow of the oil? Well, you know what? We're hearing like 10 different people talk about, oh, they're doing this, this, and this. And it's, it, it's very frustrating to actually find out exactly what's going on, Coach. Mm-hmm. And there, anybody who says, yeah, I know exactly what's going on is an idiot because you have, they have like four different representatives saying we're, they're doing different things. It's, it's, it's pretty confusing. Well, and I just, I just, I hate when the government has to intervene, you know, and, and, uh, that's exactly what they're doing. I'm here with, uh, <laughs> You say nobody knows what's go- what's going on. I- I'm hoping that somebody knows what's going on. That it's not complete lack of intelligence, and uh, the government has to step yeah. in, does it not? Right. At the very least, they got to at least be coordinating with BP and making sure they're getting the job done. So, you're not implying the government should just completely stay out of it and let this company uh, take matters into their own hands? No, 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 no. That's what they were doing in the first place. My point is I'm upset that they have to have the government come in and do this is what I'm upset about, though. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I mean, I, I guess they have to. And, you know, the crazy thing, the really sad thing is thousands, uh, tens of thousands of businesses are being affected. Local people with uh, uh, fisheries, uh, shrimp, uh, like, like bubblegum shrimp companies going to be out of business because of this. It's a joke, Coach. Mm-hmm. And just to make it clear now, the oil was still spewing Perfect. out, right? It's still coming out. Yeah. Like thousands and thousands of gallons per day. So they have, have been able to slow it down? Or well, is, it, is it, it, it has slowed down, but it's, it, it's still coming out profusely, Coach. And they're not thousands and thousands, thousands and thousands of barrels a day. Mm-hmm. All right. A little wait. Sometimes and, we mean, do, sometimes we do sports guys talk politics on this show, and today we'll do a little sports guys talk environmental issues. But uh, I know that's an area of your expertise. And big deal, you get mad at me sometimes when I call you a global warming enthusiast. That's a little bit of a, a jab at you, but it is an area that you are very passionate about. In fact, a couple of my friends uh, lambasted you in some recent emails. I don't know if you got those emails. Uh, I haven't had a chance to actually read those because mm-hmm. uh, I realize that those guys, I mean, the way, the way they talk about if we say anything, it's basically like, oh, you don't know what you're talking about. And, they, and you, you don't know the facts. And then they list out about 50 facts that are wrong. You know, uh, I'm just like, oh, It's a beautiful thing. I'm, I'm sitting there getting lambasted by these three guys at email. So being the good friend that I am, I got Joel involved. And now instead of them criticizing and getting mad at me, now they get mad at you. I feel much better about that. Oh, I, I, I can really care less. Those guys are a bunch of idiots. And, uh, I mean, to be honest with you, Coach, I'm more right wing than those guys are, but I'm I'm the one. I want our companies and our country to go towards uh, uh, a, a type of energy, a, a renewable energy source. If these guys are so pro business, yeah, why don't they do that? They, they don't get it. Those guys, are, it's ridiculous. Why do, Why do you limit it to our country? Wouldn't you? I think we're. You know, I've always been a proponent. We're all in it together. Uh, I, I would promote. We were hoping that uh, humanity as a whole. All countries. How about this? Coach, I I agree with you. How about this? Western civilization. Thank you. What's wrong with Eastern? Reasonable people. Because I hate to tell you this, 
the North Korean uh, uh, extremist Muslims, they're not coming along with us. Socialists, they're not coming well, along. Yeah, extremists. But there are not, what about not, so like if people that want to think with uh, with reason and with normal thought and, and open mindedness. Yeah. Yes, I want them along with us. I don't care right. what country you're from. Well, let's, uh, thank you. Let's not count out Eastern civilization just because you hear about the extremists out there. Just the simple term, the fact that they are extremists implies that they are of the minority, and there's a large majority of uh, normal thinking, good, solid people out there that are uh, many times overtaken by the extremists we hear about. So I'm all about the Eastern civilization. And, and Coach, I'm not talking Eastern civilization. I'm talking about extremists. Cause, okay. And don't tell me that I would ever count out Eastern civilization. <laughs> Have you seen who I date? <laughs> okay. I mean, typically their names rhyme with Ling Ling and, sh- and stuff like that. So Let me know. ask you this. If it was uh, Western civilization versus Eastern civilization, best of seven in um, – Let's go through a few different sports. Western Civ versus Eastern Civ. Best of seven in uh, rugby. Who wins? I'm going to have to go with uh, with the Western civilization in that because you got to figure the great rugby countries of the world. Yep. You're you're talking New Zealand. Yeah. Australia, South Africa, uh, Germany, England. Uh, I, I hate to tell you. Uh, China hasn't really done too well in yeah. rugby coach. I don't think the North Korean rugby team would put up much of a fight. All right, so we're keeping score. That's one for Western civilization soccer, or as it's known around the world, football. Best of seven. The best of Western civilization versus the best of Eastern civilization. How many games does it go and who's wins? Big up. Coach, uh, when you're talking about Eastern civilization <laughs> and, and, and football, as I like to call it, I mean, I would have to say there's only been about – 20 times in the history of the World Cup has an Eastern Civilization team even made it to the round-robin tournament. Uh-oh. So, so that, that's an easy call. And I hate to tell you, that's the world sport. Are you going for it? Does, does a China or, or a, a Japan or a, a Korea even make it to the round-robin tournament? As a matter pre- of fact, in the 02 World Cup that was hosted by Korea and a little bit of Japan was the first time that two Asian countries ever made it to the round-robin tournament in the same year. It's tremendous knowledge. For a guy that just bicycled from Aurora to Wrigley Field, that's outstanding knowledge. Are you um, daring to say that it would be a sweep, four straight for Western Civ? Well, I don't know what other sports you're going to pick, Coach. No, 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 four in, in uh, soccer. Best of seven, a sweep? Oh, oh, heck yeah. Okay. Heck yeah. All right, let's see if we can throw out a couple of bit more. Let, let's give uh, Eastern Civilization a chance there. How about uh, tennis and or badminton? Okay, in badminton, I'm going to have to go with the Eastern Civilization. Okay. Six games? Uh, well, if you're talking about best of seven, I, I, maybe five. Five. We might get a, we might get a, <laughs> the, the never say die quit after we're down three nothing. You know what I mean? But a, a token win for the play. West, huh? And because and, and badminton is just a poor man's tennis. <laughs> hey, don't so, knock badminton. Underrated sport. I got to tell you, it's actually uh, extremely. You have to be athletic to play badminton. You really yeah. do, coach. Yeah, quick reflexes, and it's a great way of taking out some frustrations too. You can hammer that birdie pretty good. Very underrated physiological and psychological sport, badminton. Thank you. <laughs> all right, is that all for for our Western civilization, Dave? You got any other matchups you'd like the big dog to uh, expound upon? Dave's not even listening. I think Dave's listening to a replay of the beauty pageant show, which was on a couple days ago. All right. <laughs> Once again, Winning Wednesdays is on today or tomorrow? The gambling show. It's on tomorrow, Coach. Tomorrow. 
Not on Tuesday? It's on Wednesday. All right. I could have sworn Winning Wednesdays, which is a great show, by the way. I thought Winning Wednesdays was on Tuesdays. All right. Big Dog, you still there? Yes, Coach. God bless you. God bless you. 888-463-6748. Our phone number here is the Big Dog and the Coach with you right up until 11 o'clock Central Time. That's how we work out of here. So if you're in a different time zone, make sure you correct your clocks. Change whatever you got to do. Set your alarm, but be there. Central Time, 10 to 11 each and every day, five days a week, one hour a day, five in total. Uh, let's get back to the uh, Wrigley Field happenings out there. Anything happening around the um, stadium yet? I know it's a night game, but is there any buzz going on around Wrigley Field right now, Doug? Uh, well, there's a lot of people trying to park and stuff right now, Coach. That's about it. Mm-hmm. But uh, usually when you're talking about this early in the morning compared to the to the night games, it's still more like a typical day. Mm-hmm. But right around like uh, – because people really can't leave work early to come here. But, like, around uh, 4 o'clock this afternoon, it'll be jumping in the area. Yeah, definitely. Cubs have won uh, 6 out of 8. Ryan Dempster on the mound. They're definitely playing better ball. The Dodgers coming into town. Three-game series. Big Dog make a prediction. We all know it's a fairly big series for the Cubs. It's a big series for the Dodgers, too, because they've been playing a lot better. And, uh, uh, and you know, they're, they're fighting for their playoff lives. I do predict that the Cubs will win this particular series, Coach. Going two out of three. Two out of three. All right. And as you know, that's a that's a uh, method for success. It's a formula for success. Uh, win series, right? Move on to the next city, win a series, win a series, maybe occasionally lose. But you win series, big dog. Uh, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but I think I know you well enough. You win series, you win games, you're in the hunt at the end. Yeah, if they keep on winning series, they can finally get back above 500, which would be really, really good. If they can sweep the series, they'll be above 500 by the time the the, series, the season. I mean, the series is over. Mm-hmm. All right, south side of town, the White Sox. Now, are you uh, not? You're not bicycling to Sox Park today, also, are you? They're not playing at home though. They're in Cleveland, or else I might I might actually give it a shot. If I go okay. all the way down there, I'll probably be going to Rico Benny's and get myself a breaded steak sandwich. You, after after that bicycle ride, you could do a couple of steak sandwich. You could buy Rico Benny's. <laughs> oh, goodness. All right, let's talk White Sox baseball real quick. They're coming off a uh, nice victory over Cleveland, 7-2. We talked about winning series. Their new spokesperson, I guess, Jake Peavy, kind of called a little team meeting in the locker room, Big Dog, got the guys together and said, hey, we got to turn this thing around, and we need to win this series against Cleveland. He was very specific. we got to win this series. It starts now. Sometimes... That could put too much pressure on a team. I don't know how you feel about that, but the Sox did respond with a big win yesterday. Well, he, he keeps on giving excuses for this team. Oh, we're going to play better. Everything's going to work out. Uh, I like the fact he's putting a little pressure on them right now. Mm-hmm. You always got to keep the uh, team on its toes. And, and trust me, when you have Justin Masterson, you're facing them in the first game of the series, it's a little bit easier to, to make that prediction because you, you know you're going to win that first game. Mm-hmm. So now that puts the Sox in a really, really good position to actually win this series. And it's an important one. They have to make hay against teams like Cleveland and teams like Kansas City. So, you know, Cleveland is down right now. Their best player, inexplicably, Grady Sizemore, is awful, and he's out right now. Uh, they they need to make things happen against this team. Mm-hmm. Scored four in the first. Nice to see jump on them early, something the Sox have had done against them, but they haven't done much themselves. Cleveland, by the way, had a five-game streak over the White Sox. The Sox had been struggling, but as you mentioned, Cleveland uh, – Kind of coming in the walking wounded. Three wins out of four. Uh, you know, I don't want to look too far in the future, dog, but for the Sox fans out there, and again, baseball fans, 888-463-6748. Joel, the gut feeling you've got right now with the White Sox, just a little successful bump in the road or maybe a slight turn of fortunes for our White Sox? Uh, no, no. Things are going to start looking up for them, Coach. They, um, 
the way I look at it is this is going to be a little bit easier part of the schedule, okay? Uh, they can't possibly play any worse than they have so far this particular year. And, you know, that might be a backhanded compliment, but it's true. And so, you know, maybe this is the time that they actually start winning some uh, baseball games. Mm-hmm. All right. Seven to two yesterday. They take on Cleveland tonight. I think it's a six oh five tip off. So overall, dog, in a mediocre year, we've been living through the Blackhawks the last month. But um, baseball starting as the weather is turned. You're starting to look up here in Chicago. Well, yeah, it's uh, <laughs> things is going to start looking. I mean, the funny thing is, you're talking about uh, Blackhawk hockey. What's going to happen is if both of the Chicago Cubs and the Chicago Blackhawks actually start playing a little bit better right now. If they can get on a winning streak before the Stanley Cup Finals are done, people can actually turn their uh, attention back to baseball, and the next thing they know, these teams will be hot, and they can get hot at the right time. Because mm-hmm. right now, a lot of attention has been on, oh, is LeBron coming to the Bulls? Oh, the, how is the Bears mini camp going? Can you believe their draft, you know, in late April? And all the, you know, and then everybody's concentrating now on uh, Chicago Blackhawks. Yeah. Well, if around, uh, you know, like June 10th, the, the, the Hawks have wrapped everything up, and the, and the Hawks and the... The Cubs and the White Sox are, are good. Who knows? Yeah, thank, that could end up working out perfect for them. Thank goodness, by the way, the LeBron talk is dying down a little bit because that was getting old uh, real, real quick. All right, I've got a number put up. David Olson could see the number. I'm going to ask Joel a question. Uh, it'll be a sellout at Wrigley Field today. A sellout is, give me a rough number, Big Dunk. Big dunk. Uh, 41,650. Right, $41,000. i am already revising the number I put down. Uh, all right. If somebody, let's say an usher, maybe yourself, if you were going to walk around today at Wrigley Field out of 41,750, how many Blackhawks jerseys would you count in the crowd? I've got the number up here. Let's see if I'm within 100 over and under of what Big Dog guesses. 41,000 fans. Obviously, I don't think anybody's going to do the actual count, but if they did, what would you think? How many Blackhawks jerseys at Wrigley Field today? I'm going to say 2,200. 2,200. Yeah, one out of every 20 people will be wearing some type of Blackhawks paraphernalia. Yeah, see, that's probably a better percent. I had written down 980, but you know what? When you when you put it one out of 20. That's like one out of every 43 people, Coach. Uh huh. Will there be more Blackhawks jerseys than Cub jerseys? Absolutely not. No. But if you notice, like, during Cubs road games, there's a lot of Blackhawks jerseys in the crowd. Yes. Yeah. Uh I had two thoughts going at once. One was my my new favorite mascot, which I know you like too, but I, I got one other Cub thought, and it's uh, escaping me as we speak here. 888-463-6748, the phone number I completely blanked out on the thought I had. All right, so you're guessing 2,200 in the crowd today wearing Blackhawks jerseys. How cool is that? Oh, I know what I was going to say. You know the uh, unofficial man rules, so to speak? I know. Well, I, I've made most of those up. Those you make them up as you go along, coaches. However, they suit you for that particular moment. Yeah. Well, I've written uh, written a few. You know, tongue, not written, but I've read a few tongue in cheek things where you know man rules. And here's one I completely agree with. See if you agree with me, David Olson, our producer. See if you agree. Wearing your favorite sports team's jersey is okay. Wearing your favorite sports team jersey with name on the back, not okay. That is a man rule. I fully agree with your thought. Uh, I completely agree. And that if you're under the age of, of 18. <laughs> That's different. I, I, I could care less. But if, if you're a grown man, you're a 25-year-old, <laughs> and you're wearing a Jonathan Taves jersey, yeah. I mean, come on. <laughs> I mean, get a pair. Yeah. I mean, to be honest with you. 
That, that, that's it, it's it's a little bit homophobic to be quite honest with you. I, I'm not really sure. I don't want to like rip on anybody. Right. Yeah, I do want to rip on. Them. Don't wear don't wear jerseys. And one of my buddies, <laughs> one of my buddies, Mike George, he's got like 50 of them. Cloudy. Yeah. Always has jerseys, and as soon as he buys a jersey, the player leaves Chicago. So he got the Soriano one because he loves uh, Alfonso Soriano, uh-huh. and uh, we were hoping. Because that was right when he was struggling that the Cubs would get rid of him, but they haven't been able to. <laughs> I just came up with a worst possible scenario for a sports fan. Look, remember last week we were talking about it's almost sinful. It should be almost against the law to wear black. Maybe you weren't on the show. It might have been me and David Olson, but black socks with sandals or gym shoes and shorts. It's a brutal, brutal look, and I swore, uh, Big Dog, I don't care how sick I get in old age. I don't care what disease I get, Parkinson's, Alzheimer, whatever takes me down. In the end, I'll do many embarrassing things, but I promise you, I'll never wear black socks with shorts. I'm picturing now the guy, the old guy with the black socks, shorts, sandals, and wearing a uh, maybe a Sandberg jersey, number 26 or whatever the heck number he was. Uh, he wore 23, by the way. Billy Williams was 26, Coach. Um, yeah, I, I can't believe you said that. The last Russian girlfriend that I had, she <laughs> she bought me... Uh, workout socks. It was like one day I was over at her house and I didn't have anything to work out. And she's like, I was like, you socks to deal with. Well, the next day she comes back like 15 minutes later and, you know, she hands me the socks. I'm like, where are my workout socks? And she's like, these are them. And they were, they were black. And I'm like, I can't wear black socks when I'm working out. Like, what do you think I am? And we got into an argument about it. And then she, she called one of her Russian friends like immediately. She didn't realize that, you know, well, I, I you know, but basically I know a little bit of Russian and she said, oh, I'm just going to talk to one of my friends. Well, she was talking about me the whole time, and she came back. She's like, I'm very sorry, Joe, and I did not notice not looking America. So, yeah, I'm with you on that, Coach. Another great Western tradition brought to us. You had uh, Did I hear you correctly? You said your last Russian girlfriend. How many Russian girlfriends have you had? Uh, in my life? I, um, I mean, most of us I, Well, definitely never... three I would consider a girlfriend. Really? Uh-huh. Interesting. You are truly multicultural. Well, I try to be, Coach. Yes. You are a man for all seasons. Yeah. <laughs> now, if you I'm stop, a linguist. Stop wearing khaki shirts. You might be a man for today's season. All <laughs> right. We're taking a break. We're taking a quick, quick break. When we come back, NBA playoffs and some basketball news. Another coach getting fired. Another coach getting hired. Can we talk some NBA, Big Dog? Coach, I can't. I hate to tell you this. I can't, though. Why not? I, I have to go. Oh, beautiful. All right. I mean, not beautiful. We'll miss you, but... Uh, we appreciate you doing the show as long as you lasted, my friend. Yes, uh, I'm really sorry about that. Everything got messed up this morning, and uh, I just didn't want to uh, like leave everybody hanging on two guys in a mic. Say goodbye to the listeners and any potential. Your fourth Russian girlfriend might be out there listening. Say something sweet to her. Goodbye to all the listeners and the four Russian girlfriends that may be listening. Say something sweet to her. Did I get it right? Stop it. We'll take a quick break. Be careful, big dog. <laughs> ha- have a great show, by the way. Later. All right, Black and Blue City, that's the uh, show. You can check it out on blackandbluecity.com. We'll take a quick, quick break. David Olson, our producer and the coach, we may get into the uh, finale of Lost, which we didn't get into yesterday. We come back. If you're a Lost fan, stick around. If you're not a Lost fan, eh, stick around. We'll try to entertain you. Back in a minute.
time to get back to Two Guys and a Mic, your mid-morning break sports talk show. Once again, here's the coach, John Cohn. Speaking of uh, bicycling, which the big dog did during most of our show here, that was a unique experience. There was a uh, older man who had just gone for a long bicycle ride, uh, David, and he shuffled himself very slowly into a nearby ice cream parlor, pulled himself up slowly and painfully onto the stool after the long bicycle ride. After catching his breath, he ordered a banana split. The waitress kindly asked, crush nuts? And he said, nope, just arthritis. Thank you very much. 888-463-6748, the phone number. The coach flying solo. Final uh, 15 minutes of the show, but quite frankly, you're never flying solo when you have producer David Olson. He is the Rock of Gibraltar. He is our comfort blanket. He is our security blanket, if you will, here on the show. We're going to talk loss with our media expert, David Olson. But any of the fans, you want to talk some baseball, we'll get into some NBA also with uh, Orlando finally winning a game and some coaching changes, too. So phone lines are open, folks. 888-463-6748. Yesterday was so busy, Dave, we didn't get into it. But uh, I think what a lot of people, including yourself, are calling one of the better TV shows all time uh, came to an end on Sunday in the finale. It's hard to ace the test, but they, they did pretty good at the very least. Yeah, yeah, they did. I I would say they did better than pretty good because uh, after watching it, like my initial reaction was not really positive, but upon further reflection, uh, I think they did a pretty good job of closing it out. Sort of like a fine wine that didn't taste good initially, but the savoring well, exactly. was exactly. I mean, that's... That was always one of the strong points of the show is it always made you think. Yep. And there are different ways of interpreting it and everything like that. And after thinking about it, it was like, yeah, you know. The issue I had with was the whole sideways story they've been telling all along turning out to be purgatory. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I thought at first I was like, really? Purgatory? Really? Um, because that was one of the original theories that people were talking about when the show first premiered over the first couple seasons. Oh, they're all dead. This is purgatory. Purgatory is when you are between. Yeah, between life and death. Okay. But, but, but you know, you're you're dead, but you haven't arrived at your final destination. Okay. Is yet. purgatory like when you uh, go for an interview and you find out how you did during your life, or is that um, not quite? It's not, not like not, quite. not like the pearly gates. No, no, okay. no, no. It's it's the waiting room outside the probably gets wait- basement. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Very aptly put. So um, that was one of the original theories was that they were all dead on the island and it was purgatory. And I think my my thought on that was, yeah, that was their original plan, the producers, mm-hmm. but everybody figured it out too soon. Uh, that's why they reintroduced the whole concept. Mm-hmm. So it seemed like for me the uh, and I, a lot of it I stopped watching. But the middle three years, it was like the people who wrote the show and you kind of alluded to it. They got themselves into a jam and almost had to get out of a jam. Almost like a, a baseball pitcher who all of a sudden walked a guy, loaded the bases. More people are getting on. The pressure's building up, and they were just throwing things at the TV screen and just kind of. Well, it was red herring after red herring, you know, things that seemed significant at the time, but it yeah. ended up being meaningless. Yeah. You know, because uh, what happened was when they got in the middle of their third season, they kind of realized we're kind of meandering here, and they knew how they wanted to end things, and they knew what they wanted the show to be about. But it's like they knew they could only spin their wheels so long. Mm-hmm. So they, they that's when they set the end date. It's like, okay, we're going six seasons, and then everything was building towards that ending. So. Mm-hmm. Acting, by the way, outstanding. Yeah, it, it, the, the ratings, by the way, for the show was uh, very, very good. Yep. 
but uh, the acting throughout, even during the, some of the s- segments that I did not particularly like the acting, uh, and not just one or two stars, but the depth of quality actors was yeah, great. I agree. I agree. Everybody everybody brought their A game for that. Mm-hmm. And, and, and what I liked about it, too, and if we have any uh, fans who watched Lost or want to comment on the uh, ending, oh, we can do that real quick. We're talking to our media critic slash producer, David Olson, 888-463-674. You can always email us at Mike. Two guys at AOL.com. But, um, you know, it was, it was beautifully written in the music also. The well, that's a, yeah, that's always been one of the strong points yeah. is, is, is the music. Yeah. You know, once again, everybody brought their A game to that. Uh-huh. And, uh, getting back to the acting too, what I liked about it was a lot of the actors were very unfamiliar faces, were fairly new to TV stardom. Right? Matthew Fox a little bit. Well, no, no, no. Matthew Fox was—he's been around. He had—he uh, had Party of Five back in okay. the '90s. But he's—he's he's one. But most of them. Yeah, mo- most of them. I went and Terry O'Quinn had like—he had a long career, but he was always a background yeah. guy. This so was his breakout. On, but yeah, but yeah, and then uh, who else? Michael was on Oz. And yeah. There were a couple other, yeah. you know, bit players. Oz. I was a fan of Oz. Oh yeah. Well, then, yeah. That's a story for another time. But yeah, yeah. Oz was. Yeah. Uncomfortable, but but yeah. uh, captivating. Uncomfortable, yeah, 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 yeah. to All say right. the least. Yeah. To say the least. But yeah, you're right. Uh, uh, Evangeline Lilly, Woo! nothing. Hey, uh, Josh Holloway, nothing. Wow. Uh, Michael Emerson, who was Ben Linus, pretty much nothing. So mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, for the most part, a bunch of unknowns yeah. at the One time. One of the first things that captured me about the show, by the way, definitely was Evangelina Lilly. If it was not for her, I might have exited stage left after the second show. Yeah, yeah, because they, yeah, they showed the pilot on Saturday night, and it's like, yeah. wow. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The yeah. first couple of beach scenes with an Evangeline yeah. uh, Lilly, yeah. awfully good. And she might be done with acting, by the way. Really? Yeah, she's she might be done with it. It'd be a shame for her to be. Yeah. I don't care if she's done with acting. I just want to see her on TV. <laughs> yeah. She doesn't have to act. You just, you know, just have her walk around and someone yeah, can follow yeah, her. Well, exactly. That's exactly. good for about 15, 20 minutes of my evening festivities. <laughs> All right. 888-LOSS comes to a close. It's kind of, it is weird how you get attached to a TV program. What do they call it? Movies. Uh, uh, something of disbelief. There's a term for it. A suspension of disbelief. A willing suspension of disbelief. Yeah. And you have to do that. But you do. There's no question. You become attached to a show as a whole. Almost like sports teams, I think you can right. make in comparison, right. and you get attached to the players. Right. Well, exactly. And see that that's it. You get attached to the players, and that's in the end what the show is all about. Because like, there are a lot of people complaining about the way that it ended. Well, they didn't really say exactly what the island was and what the numbers meant and everything. But you know, they've been saying for years. No, it's about the characters. It's not. It's not about the island. Mm-hmm. It's it's about what's it's about these characters and the journey that they're on. Mm-hmm. And the rest of that's that's all incidental. It's all incidental. What are the odds? I I don't remember ever remember a program where you could, if you wanted, have more spinoffs into their own shows. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. I mean, you could see Locke easily. I I think Hurley would be a great show. Oh yeah, Hurley the Island Protector, because yeah. that's that's where they left or, it. Uh, I'm even talking off the island just to yeah. take the character of Hurley and put it in a different situation. But uh, yeah. there's a lot of them that could uh, spin off into their own shows. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. Loss comes to an end, and uh, again, you get sentimentally attached to these shows. It's a little sad when it finally ends. Did a tear come to your uh, left or eye, uh, left or right? I, I, no, I, I, I didn't actually cry, but there was a, like, I mean, 
especially with the awakenings when the yes. characters were I mean that was Charlie, really powerful. Charlie and Charlie and Charlie and Claire, Claire. uh son and Jen Sawyer and uh Juliet Sawyer and Juliet to me always a forced connection never felt the the chemistry really that's just me Although Juliet always bothered yeah. me to be, I always found Sawyer. Well, yeah, yeah. See, yeah, with Juliet, I never, I never, the whole time when she hooked up with the uh, with the castaways, yep. I always thought she was playing for the other side. You yes. know what I mean? Yeah. And I never got over that suspicion, even yeah. when it turned out, no, she is a good guy. I never, yeah, I, I, I thought she was like just infiltrating. Yeah, there was something so. a little creepy about her. And then, uh, and Shannon and uh, Saeed, also kind of an odd combo. Well, uh, yes and no, because I mean they did they they did have they did hook up briefly because she ended up dying not long right. after. Mm-hmm. But the thing that made their connection so strong, and I I have gone back and I've watched the first couple of seasons. So you are a I, lost aficionado. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. It's one of my favorite shows. It's one of my favorite shows. Um, the connection that the two of them made, it was because, you know, they both knew what both they were all about, and they accepted each other for who they are. Mm-hmm. And that's that's the connection that they okay. had. Okay. By the way, my attraction for Evangelina Lilly was uh, equally met by my wife, who was a big fan of uh, Saeed. I forget the actor's name, but uh, she thought... Uh, Naveen Andrews. God bless you. Yeah. She thought Naveen Andrews was, uh, was a good look. So, you know, it worked both ways. Huh. All right. And it's, it's just a little bit of you know trivia. Uh, Naveen Andrews is uh, the longtime boyfriend of Barbara Hershey. Really? Yeah. Yeah. And there's Boxcar a, Bertha. Huh? Wow. There's a, and there's a twenty year difference. So. I was gonna say I was well, yeah. I'm trying to match it up. Wait a minute, because I remember Boxcar Bertha, uh, Barbara Hershey was with one of the Caradines, right? Was it Keith or David? Before my time, I don't okay. know. All right. There it is. Our media critic, ladies and gentlemen. David Olson, producer extraordinaire, historian, media critic. You wear a lot of hats on this show, David. I do wear a lot of hats. It's another. It's a very nice and gentle way of saying we're too cheap to hire real experts. <laughs> By the way, before we run out of time here, Uh-oh. I know you're going to segue into the NBA, but I just very want to quickly. point out, I don't know if you saw the back page of the Chicago Tribune about another name that's kind of emerged in the whole Bulls coaching source. Yeah, Phil search. Jackson. Which I brought up maybe about a month ago. Yeah, and I you said, were you know that. what? I'm like, uh-huh. why isn't his name in the discussion? Yeah. And apparently it is. It sounds like they, they're going to reach out to Phil Jackson. I yep. think the Bulls would definitely be interested. Yeah. I well, think the question well, is. What I got from that is they are reaching out to him through secondary channels yes. to gauge what his interest would be. But mm-hmm. uh, it'd be interesting. I mean, I, I, I still hope they go with Thibodeau, but. Phil you know, Jackson's not a bad second choice. Well, we're talking about the Bulls' uh, coaching situation by the clay. The Cleveland Cavaliers fired Mike Brown, so he is gone. The Philadelphia 76ers have hired Doug Collins as the uh, the merry-go-round of NBA coaching, as it is every year. Just about every sport goes through this same thing at the end of the season. But uh, Tom Thibodeau, very hot assistant coach, currently coaching with the Boston Celtics. Great guy. The Charlotte Hornets have already said he is our number one choice. So if the Bulls want him, they got to get in a love fight with uh, the Charlotte Hornet or Charlotte Bobcat. Bobcats. Charlotte, uh, yeah, Charlotte Michael Bobcats. Jordan's team. Michael yeah. Jordan, yeah. All right, so that's going to be interesting. Just to real watch. quick, you know, they get rid of Mike Brown and everything like that. Uh, could the Calipari LeBron thing take place in yeah. Cleveland? Yeah. Yeah. What is the guy? How are Calipari and LeBron connected? Same agent. Huh. Okay. Calipari. That's, a, that, that, that's as deep as the connection goes. Same Calipari's agent. Calipari staying in so Kentucky. He, 
That's that would be my prediction. Yeah, we'll see. All right. Uh, and we are we got to wrap up today's show. We should mention that Orlando did defeat the Boston Celtics, and the Celtics looked old. Finally, I don't know if they're going to revitalize and find their leg, but they looked old. Phoenix in L.A. tonight in Game Four should be interesting. Phoenix won the uh, third game. All right, we got to wrap it up. Ten o'clock tomorrow, we'll do it all over again. Two guys and a mic. If you like the show, tell a friend. We need more friends on this particular show. Thanks to the Big Dog for doing the show while bicycling. David Olson, our producer, great job. See you tomorrow at ten. Have a great day, everybody.